0: Welcome back to My Growing Habit, where today we're going to talk about the meat bird chronicles. Growing your own meat birds from conception of the idea to freezer camp. Uh, recently, we did this with some friends of ours who we discovered have all the nice chicken processing equipment, plucker and all. And I'll just sort of go through our timeline with you and discuss some basic uh, basics of how the whole process went and some ideas that we came away with. Um, The reason we wanted to, first of all, um, let's talk about conception of idea. The reason we wanted to do this project was because, um, like a lot of people were, you know, really interested in having wholesome food for our family and feeling like um, the more we can get ourselves involved in growing some of that food or at least knowing where it originated, um, that's going to be healthier for our family. Um, We'd really like to skip the CAFO meat if we can. If you don't know what CAFO stands for, C-A-F-O, I'll just let you know. Um, It's a term that's easily searchable on the internet, and it stands for Confined Animal Feeding Operation. If you want more information about where your meat originates at the local supermarket, um, for the large part, I highly recommend that you do that internet search and be informed. I cannot be responsible what might happen after that, <laughs> um, how that might send you down some rabbit trails. Uh, but anyways, that's that's a place to start if you're new to this game. Uh, so the way this um, meat bird thing went down, you know, and I say meat bird because you know, you can get a couple different kinds of chickens, either you're typically going to use them as laying hens, or you're going to grow out chickens for meat. Um, I guess there could be a small percentage of people who just want pets. (laughs) Um, But this conversation is about growing out chickens specifically for meat. Um, So we found out recently that we have some Uh, sort of newish brands who are interested in the same thing that we are, you know, in terms of growing uh, healthy food and having a hand in that. So we found out that they have this lovely chicken processing equipment, which makes it so much easier. I mean, you don't really need a lot of equipment to grow and process chickens, but there are definitely certain things that make the process a whole lot easier and more enjoyable, especially if you're doing a number of birds, right? This isn't just grandma going out, wringing one chicken neck and putting it on the table for Sunday dinner. Um, Our friends actually ordered 25 birds and we ordered 50. So we were going to be doing 75 birds pretty much at close proximity. We um, ordered them in May. And we set it up for a delivery date of September 19th, uh, give or take a day or two. Um, So what what we had to do first to get ready for this is we had to make a brooder. A brooder is just, I like to think of it like a heated playpen for baby chicks. (laughs) It's basically a place to keep them warm uh, where they can grow out feathers for a few weeks typically a chicken will feather out fully in about six weeks Um, but by the third week they've typically got enough feathers on where they can go outside on pasture or be outside um, and be exposed to some elements so um, you definitely want to start off with a heat lamp Um, and that can be something simple like one of those clip-on bulbs from tractor supply with a red light bulb something like that what the first three weeks looks like is, you're just basically keeping these chicks warm and dry. It's very important that you keep the chicks dry. And you'll definitely want to make sure that their watering dish stays full, uh, but you want to make sure that your setup is such that the chicks cannot get in there and drown. Um, this, is, this happens uh, readily. It does not take much water for them to drown. Uh, So just be aware, they need to be constantly, they need to have water available um, in a safe manner, and they need to be kept dry and warm. And for the first three weeks, we kept them in chicken crumble, Uh, you know, it's a type of feed, chicken crumble. Um, constantly round the clock, we made that available. They grow exceptionally fast. You'll be amazed how fast uh, baby chick will grow. Um, you'll come out, you'll look at them and tuck them in for the night and come back the next morning. And they will, it seems like double in size overnight. Um, and enjoy this stage. It's, it's really sweet. Um, so food for the first three weeks, um, constantly available, consisted of chicken crumble, clean and dry. Um, I think we used pine shavings for their substrate. You definitely want to keep enough carbon in the bottom of their brooder to where they're not walking in their waste. And if you just keep adding um, carbon material over the top of um, where they're walking, that's completely fine. And then when you do move them outside on pasture, then you can take that and you can add that to, to your compost pile. Um, so, what this looked like for us was September 19th, the chickens arrived, and October 11th was the day that we decided they could go out onto pasture. They had grown out enough feathers. They weren't fully feathered, um, but certainly enough. Um, and the daytimes were warm enough, and we had enough chickens really like in mass to help them stay warm. The basic idea with uh, moving the chicken tractor every day is you're going to give your birds fresh grass every day in order to um, <clears throat> get fresh food, fresh grass, fresh fresh bugs, and keep the area beneath them clean so they're not walking in their waste. And also, when you're constructing a chicken tractor, you want to give your birds adequate sunshine. It's probably no surprise that just like humans benefit from fresh air and sunshine, so do animals. And the healthier the animals you eat are, the healthier you're going to be. Um, And it's the humane thing to do is to treat these animals, give them the best life that they can possibly have um, while they are alive. Um, So going from there, um, you know, each day the chickens would get moved. Um, We constantly monitored them for signs of Um, infection or any kind of distress. Sometimes chickens will pick on each other and peck on each other. And if you have a bird that starts getting pecked on and bleeds, the other birds will just completely murderize the wounded chick, chicken. So keep an eye out for that. That's one of the things that you'll want to do if you engage in this kind of endeavor. Also important was just keeping an eye on not only the food level. Um, Once they got out on pasture, actually, they were fed. um, Basically, we kept food available for them, the same chicken crumble, for 12 hours a day. Um, We didn't keep food out there at night. But you definitely always want to monitor and make sure that their water is constantly available. And you know there's all kinds of automated watering systems and you know so forth but things do go wrong so if at all possible i would definitely be checking on your birds uh, a couple times a day at a minimum just to make sure that something didn't get toppled over or maybe all of a sudden you go out and you find a bunch of chicken stool in the water tray you know things happen so just keep a close eye on that so then um typically these meat birds, most people um, will use like a Cornish cross. It is the same breed that uh, Tyson and Purdue CAFO operations will use. Um, they grow out in about eight weeks. And typically, if you feed these birds in longer than about eight weeks, they grow so fast that their bodies actually, their legs cannot handle the increase in body weight, and they will actually not be able to stand up. So it's really important that you have that processing date in mind and sort of targeting like the eight week mark. So for us, the eight week mark was November fourteenth, And so we sort of looked at that following Saturday, and thought, maybe that could be a day that we could process. But one of our uh, friends was actually on call that weekend. So we ended up targeting November twenty sixth. For the processing date, which put the chickens um, right around 10, 10 and a half weeks, something like that. Fortunately, we did not lose one bird. And that's very unheard of. Typically, you know, when you order 50 birds, or you're or any number of birds, you're going to lose a certain percentage to cold stress, or maybe just one was not healthy from the you know, the hatchery and was just kind of like weak bird, you know, it happens. So we feel very blessed um, at this round of um, growing out meat birds. We ordered 50 birds. We did not lose one bird. We didn't have a a sick bird at all. And so we we feel like that went really well. As the time was getting near for us to have the processing date, I was feeling a little anxious. I got to be I going to be completely honest, because our friends had ordered 25 birds, we ordered 50, that's 75 birds. And even with the proper equipment, um, that can make for a very, very long day. And I was starting to get concerned about, okay, number one, how are we going to get our birds over to our friend's house, uh, who live a few miles away? Um, and then the other thing was, um, just are we able to, are we going to be able to process 75 birds all at once. I mean, days are shorter in November, and, you know, certainly we have electricity, but, you know, it's not really, you know, the idea of being out there processing birds potentially in cold or wet, rainy weather, and, you know, you get the deal. So um, it ended up turning out quite well. Um, We have a couple of uh, rabbit hutches, like rabbit tractors, that we move around on the property, and we took the rabbits out of those, and we ended up putting those on a flatbed trailer. And we we put about 25 birds in each the night before processing. And we were sure not to feed them um, about 24 hours before processing. You want to stop feeding your birds. That way they don't have undigested food in their crops. It makes the processing a lot messier. Let's talk now about the equipment that we used. Um, Some of the equipment we used, or quite a bit of it actually, wasn't entirely necessary, just some things that made processing more pleasant and easier. Um, So we had a couple of, um, I don't like this term, but um, killing cones. Basically these cones are inverted. So the pointy tip of the cone faces the ground. And you can use like a stainless steel cone. They do make these commercially available. Um, Tractor Supply probably carries them. Or you can just use a regular old traffic cone um, that you can find at Lowe's Hardware or some big box store. And if you use a traffic cone, you would cut off maybe the last few inches at the pointy tip, just enough for the chicken's head to be able to go through. But basically, um, these cones, they hug the chicken, if you will, and it really helps keep them calm um, during the dispatch. And it also allows um, for drainage of uh, chicken blood, which is a part of the reality. You definitely don't want any more blood left inside your chicken than necessary. And this is one thing that the confinement factory operations, they're not able to really remove all the blood because of um, the way they, they handle the birds. As the blood is, um, you know, being drained from the chicken, you'll want to have a bucket underneath so you can save that um, this excellent fertilizer for your garden. Next up, we had a very large pot for dipping the birds just to clean them of any, you know, initial um, dirt um, actually had rained the night before, um, making our property kind of muddy. And so this was extra nice. I, I want to say it was probably like a 15 or 20 quart pot that was just simply cooled water um, just to dip and take off the initial dirt after the the uh, dispatch, Um, and then from there uh, a large pot, a similar size, for scalding, um, on top of a gas burner. Now what happens is um, with dipping the bird into the scalding water, you're gonna dip the bird for about nine seconds, and I I want to say about one hundred and forty five degrees is what we decide worked pretty well. It loosens the hair follicles or the feather follicles rather on the bird, so it makes the bird easier to pluck. Next up, chicken plucker. This is either going to be your hands, <laughs> the old OG way, or it's going to be an like an automated, um, it almost looks like a washing machine tub. Um, it's got little rubber nipples on the inside and you flip, you put the bird in, flip the switch, and by that bird bouncing around and rotating in there, it somehow or another it very effectively removes the feathers from the chicken. Like I said, this is not an essential tool, but it makes it so much nicer because chicken plucking by hand really is laborious and it is no fun. Next, the chicken goes over to the uh, sort of the, the next stage, which is like a stainless steel table or some sort of um, work surface. You want to ha- definitely have fresh water, uh, water hose available to rinse as you go and keep your station clean and keep the bird clean. Um, you'll want to have a very, very sharp knife while you're going through this process of, um, opening the bird and taking out the entrails. That's going to be super important because you can let the knife do the work for you. Um, next up, after you process the bird in terms of, uh, you're going to take off the head, you're going to remove the neck, um, you're going to remove the crop, Next up, you're going to take out, um, you want to work, you want to put your hand in the bottom end of the bird and pull all the entrails and all the insides from the top of the bird. And you want it to exit out the rear end, if you will. And that keeps the cleanest process there. Um... You'll want containers for various parts if you're going to save them, which I recommend you do. I mean, even if you're not going to eat the chicken legs or the livers, et cetera, somebody else will. Um, You might have friends or neighbors that would like to make bone broth out of the legs. You know, maybe freeze-dry the livers for your dog treats or even just feed them to them raw. Um, So definitely just think of that. You want a container for each part like legs, livers, um, necks, and gizzards. Also we had a couple of very large coolers. I mean, these are um, probably like 120 quarts and the kind of cooler that you'd have out on a big, like deep sea fishing trip Um, and several bags of ice because you need to keep these birds cool, which I'll say was one nice thing about processing at this time of the year. It wasn't as hot like a July day where, you know, it's more difficult to keep the birds Chilled um, and also in the summertime, if you do this in the heat of the summertime, you're going to have more um, fly pressure where you're just combating that particular issue as well. After the actual process of um, processing the chicken, in terms of um, removing all the unwanted parts and sort of prepping the chicken for storage, um, the chicken should go in a large cooler with ice until you know pretty much chilled down. And after that, then you're going to, you know, decide how you want to store these chickens. I mean, maybe you're only doing five chickens and you're going to have a big old barbecue that afternoon. That's certainly great. Or you, if you have 50 or 75 chickens like we did, then, you know, we had to make sure the freezers were prepared. and We had room for these birds. And so what we decided to do was use the heat shrink bags Um, they're quite nifty you put your bird in there and this was an additional like scald pot The, the temperature on that was had to be around 200 degrees so that was the end of the line you put the bird in the bag and you dip the bird in inside the bag into the hot water hold it for about three seconds and it shrinks the bag around the chicken and you zip tie it and just makes it all neat and tidy um, just like a grocery store bird or a bird that you would get from a really nice butcher packaged up really well. Um, So be sure that you've got some bleach uh, for cleanup, paper towels. You might even consider having an apron to wear. Um, I know that, you know, there can be some splashing going on, trust me. But for the most part, I was really surprised I actually wore a brand new pair of blue jeans, which wasn't too wise. But I wore a brand new pair of blue jeans and honestly did not get um, them messed up. They turned out okay. But it it could go sideways. A kitchen scale is a really grand idea to have if you're interested in tracking the weights of your birds, which I highly recommend. um, So that kind of gives you an idea of what it actually costs to do this. And so, you know, for subsequent processing, growing and processing of chickens that you can, you know, use it as a data point for improving your processes. Um, Our average bird was about five pounds. We had one pound that was like, one bird that was like three pounds and some change. That was definitely an outlier, Um, small for gestational age. Um, And then we had one bird that was seven pounds. And then everything in between was a range of, you know, five to six pounds, which they they turned out really nice another piece of equipment that's essential is you'll you know if you are interested in music i I recommend turn on you know make sure you've got a radio or some way to play some music or something to keep you know background uh entertainment going on honestly between there were four of us that were active in processing that day um and we had two innocent bystanders as well um but you know there was there was a lot of conversation going on and a lot of camaraderie so we didn't okay we didn't have to have the music but it was really fun because Frank had set up the radio with some christmas music so it was it was extra lively um that was a lot of fun um then um so what did the timeline look like let's talk about the timeline just a little bit again let's review the timeline in terms of ordering and processing so the chickens were ordered in may They came September 19th, October 11th, they went out on pasture, and then November 26th was our processing day. Um, The processing day itself, that timeline looked like, okay, well, the night before processing, we dropped the birds over at our friend's house, and on processing day, we got there at 8 a.m. I will have to say, everything was set up. Frank and His wife had decided to process their birds, actually, the day prior. They had some friends from out of town um, who actually said, hey, I want to help with this process. So they went ahead and did their 25 birds. Um, We showed up at 8 a.m. to a perfectly set up uh, station. We took a quick moment to get oriented to the equipment and the workflow. We took a moment to actually recognize the lives of the animals um, that we were about to take. Just a moment of reverence um, and a moment of thanksgiving for these animals that um, were going to provide nutrition for us about midday. Um, we took a nice leisurely lunch. We had a nice pot of vegetable beef soup sponsored by the Chick-fil-A cows, I believe. Um, and we did run out of ice And that was actually made a nice breaking point for us to stop for that lunch. Um, Then we got back at it after lunch. And we were actually done with all 50 birds by 4 p.m. And that included cleanup. Some takeaways from our processing day, um, even though it went exceedingly well, you know, there's always a little way that you can improve your process. I kept saying throughout the day that I would like to have one of those little lung remover tools. I had seen one on uh online and it's it's almost like a melon baller but instead of being smooth on the end it's got little teeth and that would make it really uh, i think a lot easier to remove the lungs which are hard to grasp with your fingernails i'd at least like to have the chance to try it so they're only 15 bucks um i'm considering ordering one of those for the next go around Definitely one big takeaway would be that I would wait and collect. If you're into collecting the gizzards, I would definitely recommend waiting till the very end till everything is, you know, processed and then pull those gizzards out and clean them Um, because it is very messy and what you're going to find inside the gizzards are going to be like little rocks and stones and pieces of dirt. It's just very unpleasant. So save that one for last, if you want them at all. Um, And then also, I think next time, um, while we enjoyed processing in the autumn, I think we do it just a couple weeks earlier, like maybe having the birds arrive around Labor Day, that we we could be sure to be well clear of the Thanksgiving holiday um, during processing time. I will say that... um, we're thankful that we did not have any bad injuries because we're working with a lot of equipment, electricity and water and sharp knives. Um, but we did have one little bit of a freak accident where the metal frame that was um, holding the, the chicken cones, there was the knife um, for dispatching the chicken was laid up there after the the throat was cut. And I guess the bird kicked and it kicked the knife off and it landed into the thigh of one of the guys who was processing with us. Um, you know, we just saw blood coming through his jeans. Uh, we didn't know how bad it was at first, but fortunately when he got up to the house, um, he was able to see that, you know, it it very quickly um, clotted off, was hemostatic, and he just patched it and was able to come back down. But it made me think about, you know, improving that process of where we could store our knives, and so it made me think like on the processing rack, maybe we could have like a holster or something where you could just slide the the knife in there um, so it could be secure in between times of use. I would definitely do this again. Uh, we have not eaten any of our birds yet. Um, we've given away several. Like I said earlier, this is not a comprehensive view on chicken processing by any means or chicken grow out it's probably just enough information really to stimulate some questions in your mind if this is not something that you have pursued. So we welcome your questions. We love to engage with you on this topic. If you have questions or you have comments, little things that you've done that you've noticed have really made a uh, sizable difference in your chicken processing. As always, thanks for coming by today to My Growing Habit, where we hope to inspire your growing habits in all areas of your life.